it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Killer Queens Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Welcome back to Killer Queens. Hey, I'm Torella. I'm Tori. And uh, we're so glad you're here. We, this is so serious. I know. We are um, covering what, well, it, it was requested. So thank you to Neil Carr for the request. And as always, thank you to Sloan for the research. Oh yeah, girl. Thanks a mill. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of listed as a mysterious death. And that was kind of short-lived, maybe, is the way to say it. It wasn't it wasn't mysterious for a super long time, but um it's one we didn't know about. So it's definitely interesting to take a look at. So, you know, shall we? I think we shall. I'm ready. Okay, great. Oh, but before we do, don't forget to check out our other show, Oh Snapped, episode by episode coverage of just Snapped starting from season one, episode one. Oh, yeah. By the time this drops, I think we'll be to like episode six or seven, something like that. So you have episodes to catch up on. Exactly. And then also check out our Patreon if you want more episodes. We've got a show that we call Murder Mixtape that drops every Wednesday. So it's kind of like a mini, sometimes it's not mini. It just depends on how long we're just gabbing. Gabbin. Oh. Freaky twin thing. <laughs> and then on Fridays, we do our episode by episode docuseries coverage. So it's called Doc Jams. Doc Jams. So we're on the Jinx right now. I think by the time this drops, we'll still be doing the Jinx. If you want to hear many, many, many impressions of Robert Durst. Oh my God. Done by both Terrell and I. He he makes it impossible not to. Well, there's so much there. Yeah. Yeah. And we've also done Who Killed Little Gregory, Tiger King, of course. What else have we done? We've done some other stuff. So yes, check it out. Yes. All right. Now we'll get started. On the night of August 9th, 1999, actor William Shatner, we're talking about the Shat, here, had just gotten home from a trip to Orange County and he gets home and he finds his wife, 40-year-old Noreen Shatner, motionless and at the bottom of the deep end of their pool. That's terrible to walk into. Yeah, it's terrifying. He calls 911. He pulls her from the pool to begin CPR. And he would later say that when he went to pry her mouth open to try to do the CPR, that it was stiff and he knew she was gone. Paramedics quickly arrived, but Noreen was beyond help. Because there were no present signs of foul play or suicide, LAPD Detective Mike Coffey stated that this was an accidental drowning in the family pool, which is 100% what it looked like. However, an autopsy report and other details of her life and marriage would later reveal that Noreen's death was slightly more suspicious than a simple accident. Noreen Elizabeth Kidd was born on July 13, 1959 in Lake Worth, Florida, but was raised in Boston. She was the second of five kids and was described by siblings and friends as bold, fearless, loyal to family and friends, full of energy, and a wisecracker. Oh. I think we would have got along with her pretty well. I think so, too. I wonder if she was not only a wisecracker, but also a wiseacre. Hmm. I bet somebody called her that. Sure. Yeah. I want to be known as a wisecracker. 
Sure. Andrew, my husband last night, um, was so tired that he told me he was tired of my sass milk, but he meant sass milk because <laughs> he was washing a cup that had milk in it. Drinking some sass milk. <laughs> he was like, and I'm sick and tired of your sass milk. I was like, you need to go to bed. I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, you do have a lot of sass milk going on. You're always cracking wise. I know. It's like, hey, if you don't watch out, I'm going to give you a tall glass of sass milk. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. I was like, you are so tired. I like my sass milk served over easy. Boiled over hard, you mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Gross. That's all right. Yeah. It's always sunny, but okay. All right. So Noreen wanted to become a model and actress. So after high school, she moved to New York City. And then in 1985, she moved to LA to obviously further that career. She had a really thick Boston accent. God, I love a Boston accent. Yeah, they're really cool. But she (gasps) felt like she had to lose it. Well, they are. They're like really cool. (laughs) Okay, but I'm sorry, Noreen. And here's this just from my experience with someone else's experience. The nanny, friend Drescher. She thought she had to lose her super thick, where's she from, Brooklyn accent or something. And then... Flushing. Well, I mean, in the show, yeah, she's from Flushing. I don't know. Is she really from there? I don't know. I feel like the that's show where was a biography. Fine. Well, that's where Fran Fine is from. That's not where Fran Drescher. But anyway... She's she, Fran Fine. Okay. Uh, just so like, she went to all... Would you just hush and let me say this? My gosh. Sorry. Don't... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> So she went to a lot of voice classes, like with voice lessons, voice instructor, all the things, got rid of her New York accent. And then when she did that, nobody wanted her. So she had to like put it back on because that's what everybody loved about her. Oh, interesting. Because she wanted to play the nanny without it. And they're like, absolutely not. That's not going to work for us. Oh, yeah. Fran Fine has to have the accent. But also Beautician and the Beast does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 There's plenty of movies and, you know, TV shows that a Boston accent would work great in. I think everything. Unless you're like, I don't know. I just don't love. There's a couple different accents that people can get real wrong real quick. Southern and like that Boston, New York kind of like New Englandy type of accent. Yeah. Yeah. They're easy to. Flub. Oh. Or like overdo. (laughs) True. Yeah. Like you're trying too hard. Or in my husband's case, any accent (laughs) at all. They all come out Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's very bad. It doesn't matter what it is. He'll do an accent and I'm like, what was that? He's like... Clearly it was Jamaican. It's like not even close, man. It was the Terminator, dude. Always. (laughs) It's always the Terminator. Like why? (laughs) He can do that one really well. Yeah, but not when he's trying. No, not when he's trying. Of course not when he's trying. <laughs> yeah, so she, but she wanted to lose it. She felt like, you know, she needed to... She, it would broaden her horizons, maybe. Sure, sure. She was able to use her beauty to obtain modeling contracts and TV spots. And she was in a commercial for Brute Cologne that was aired nationally. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Her dad, Miss KB, wore Brute Cologne for a time. Oh, yes. He probably still has some in the I guarantee he still has some, yeah. yeah. He doesn't wear it, but... But it's there, just in case. Yeah, it's there. With her newfound riches, Noreen was re- reportedly generous to her family. She made sure to take care of them, and she sent them gifts frequently. She, you know, just wanted to make sure that everybody was taken care of. She she was just so generous. She shared the wealth. She sure did. Okay, November of 1997, Noreen is 38. She meets... The Shat. The Shat. And, well, I guess it's when she married him. I'm and then, not sure how long she knew him before. Oh, okay, I was going to say. And then she was like, you got to be shatting me. <laughs> Actually, I do know when they met because it's right here in the notes. But anyway, <laughs> um, just but just after this. So in November of 97, they married. He was 28 years older than her. How old is William Shatner? And you know what? I forgot. Like, I knew that he was in Star Trek or whatever. Sure. I forgot that he hosted Rescue 911. <gasps> God, that was a good show. It was a great show. And of course, he was in Miss Congeniality. Congeniality. In mean, the face of Priceline, which Tori yesterday was like, he's like on orbits or whatever. Yeah, it was like Travelocity, whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, Travelocity. Uh-huh. Isn't Travelocity the gnome? Oh, possibly. Maybe. I 
I thought the gnome was the shat the whole time. I don't know. He could play anything. It doesn't, yeah. you know? It could have been. That gnome couldn't act its way out of a paper bag, if you know what I mean. Oh, I do. They met on the set of Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, in 1994. Uh, I think we all remember that classic movie. I don't. Nobody does. That's okay, the joke. I was like, I don't know what it is. I, Get your shit together. Come I can't on. remember it at all. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because I'm like, where was I? I mean, in 1994, that was prime Kung Fu time for me. True. Yeah. You were Kung Fuing it up. Oh, sure. But he was directing Noreen and then they started dating. Mm. And he said, I don't, I don't know. He said that Noreen pummeled her way into my heart. What does that mean? I'm envisioning like a Mrs. Trunchbull. Yeah, pummeling, it doesn't like bring visions of like, wow, I was taken with her or like I was smitten. It's like, she just wouldn't let up, man. And finally I gave in. She's like a cancer. Once she gets a hold of you, she just takes over. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he meant something different. It's just pummel is an interesting word to use. I don't know. I feel like, It doesn't feel like a compliment, I guess. Right. I agree. They married in Pasadena and Leonard Nimoy was Shatner's best man. Oh my gosh. Yep. It was Noreen's first marriage, but it was Shatner's third. And his wedding gift to his new bride was a $50,000 horse. A horse? A horse. They did like a lot of horseback riding. Okay. I was like, when you said $50,000, I'm thinking like car or... Well, he would have not. That would have been chump change. Ring. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Not a horse. Nope. Horse. Not everyone was super excited about this. Noreen's father. The horse or the marriage? I think everybody liked the horse. Okay. <laughs> the horse trying to keep got along with everybody. Okay. Shat, not so much. So Noreen's father was like, eh, he's like the same age as me. That is weird. I don't like it. See, how old? How much older than? 28. Or, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's a whole lifetime. And he says that Noreen's life started to fall apart when she married him. That it was smooth sailing before then, is what it seems like. Okay. And that being so much older than Noreen, like, he's going to come with a lot of baggage. This is his third marriage. Sure. He has children from a previous marriage. Like, that's a lot for her to take on in a first marriage. Mm -hmm. So William Shatner before Noreen... He was born on March 22nd, 1931. I did not know this about him. In Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, did not know he was great fishing in Quebec. <laughs> what else do they say? Um, beautiful up there in Quebec. Like they all <laughs> yep. say it different. <laughs> yeah. It's great going up to Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know he was Canadian. I didn't either. He grew up in a conservative Jewish household with his two sisters, Joy and Farla. Farla is an interesting name. I know. Yeah, I like that. I like it. William, Joy, and Farla. Yeah. Shatner. Farla Shatner. Shatner is unfortunate for a female to have, I think. It's not great. Hopefully they married out of that one. Well, yeah. I mean, and I, I say that marrying into... One of the worst names out there, which is Slimp. It's disgusting. It's horrific. (laughs) And I have two boys and they're never going to escape it. Nope. But I feel like that could be one of those things because some people are very proud of nasty names. Really? Sometimes. Like Shatner? I don't know. I've never met a Shatner. I mean, he... I feel like for a guy it works. It's like... My toes. I was going to say your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I had my first son, I was like, oh no, he's got my toes. And but Tori it works. said, it's not so bad for a boy. Yeah. <laughs> that that was her making me feel better. Well, I'm just trying to be honest. <laughs> I can't sit around here <laughs> acting not true to myself. Yeah. I, I got some weird toes. So they're the, they're almost as gross as your last name. Yeah. <laughs> It fits. So Shatner had been working in film and TV since 1951. And in 66, we all know, he was cast as the legendary Captain James T. Kirk in Star Trek. It's just crazy to me how old he is compared to how old I thought he was, maybe. 
I know. He ca- he's like Danny DeVito a little bit. They seem to just hover around the same age since the 90s. Yeah. They like, look about the same. I was gonna say, I've not seen him age at all since then. No. But it's like one of those things where you automatically, like they stay late 40s for forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, Danny. Oh. We're not talking about Danny DeVito, though. I know, but I'm thinking about him. Yeah, well. Because of the sausage in his pocket. (laughs) Sure. Rum ham. Love it. (laughs) Okay. And honestly, I didn't know that he was in Star Trek. You didn't know that? I mean, maybe I like knew it in passing, but I never thought about it again. And I do not watch Star Trek. Never watched it. Well, it was, I mean, we've seen it. It was on. When we were younger. Yeah, yeah. It would be on and I would be like so pissed until it was over. That might have been the next generation with like LeVar Burton and... It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was so bored about it. Well, it is a boring show. It's a super boring show. Um, <laughs> we're going to 100% get... We are. People love Star Trek. And well, like, Trekkies. Look, it's yeah, a way of if life. you love it, like... That's cool. Well, and I think the important thing to note here is that we have terrible taste in everything. So, and we know that. And uh, but our yeah, I don't think this is terrible taste, of course. But our favorite show is Friends. It's just different. Oh, very different. It's just like and America's Next Top Model. <laughs> we went through a really strong America's Next Top Model. We phase. really did. I'm embarrassed about it. No, I shouldn't have said that. Now everybody knows. Well, cats out the bag now. Yep. But I just think you know standards, just different. Sure. And that's fine. Sure. I mean, don't even get us started on movies. We need to just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and one thing that I didn't know about Star Trek is that it got canceled. If it was so good, why'd it get canceled? That's what I'm saying. (gasps) I'm kidding. I'm like, but I thought everybody loved it. So like there was a period like after Star Trek where I watched a couple of videos with the chat or interviews and he said that there was like a period of time between Star Trek and then when he started doing whatever else that he lived in his car because it got canceled and he'd already been through two marriages by this point and he had three kids and so he's like I had to feed my kids so I lived in my car and he would travel around to I think what they called summer stock or something it was like I don't know maybe like improv acting I don't I don't know what it was but he was doing like festivals almost just to make money. Hmm. And he'd gone from like what I thought was like, I mean, you look at it now and you're like, that's one of the biggest franchises there is. Oh, yeah. Because now crazy. there's the new movies with Chris Pine or whatever. Do you say Chris Pine? Did I say that? I meant Chris. <laughs> <laughs> little Chris Pine. <laughs> He's a little prissy. Sure, I get that. <laughs> so sorry, Chris. <laughs> Because he's listening. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That is kind of crazy. But I understand because there are tons of shows that I loved and hold dear to my heart that got canceled much too soon. Mm. But they realized what they did wrong and they brought it back. You know, the next generation. Oh, this. I was like, what other shows were brought back? None that I liked. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I didn't know about that. So on August 12th, 1956, Shatner married his first wife, Gloria Rand. They went on to have three daughters, Leslie, who was born in 1958, Elizabeth, who was born in 1960, and Melanie, who was born in 1964. All last name Shatner. Yes. A lot of Shatners running around. Noreen (laughs) was born in 59. Leslie, his oldest, was born in 58. So that relationship might have been weird for Leslie, too. I can understand that. My stepmom is younger than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. In 89, Shatner was sued by a former personal assistant who said that he had fired her after their two-year romantic relationship ended. A month later, an actress claiming to have been in a six-year relationship with him demanded $9 million. I don't know why. Just, she did. Can you do that after you break up with somebody? I don't know. I need, got some suing to do. I know, me too. Especially after like some financial situations that some people have put me in. I'm taking a small claims court. Yeah, can I not at least recoup that shit? Come on. Yeah. And I might as well go for the $9 because you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's exactly right. But in 94, Shatner divorced his second wife and he was ordered to pay her $23 million in the settlement. Jeez. Yeah. So he's had some struggles in the marriage department. Okay, so back to Noreen and William's marriage. 
Despite their age difference, they appear to be a loving couple. Couple. What is wrong? Couple? What the <laughs> fuck is that? Pris- <laughs> I did. Well, Pris Pine. She's just being in Pris Pine today. Jeez. Okay. Neighbors said that they would see them like walking down the streets with their arms linked. They just seemed really happy. They were affectionate. They traveled the world together. They both kept acting. Life seemed super good. But Noreen's rich and famous life wasn't the fairy tale that it would seem. While she was married to the Shat and lived in a mansion and rubbed elbows with other celebrities, she was struggling with substance abuse issues. She was reportedly in and out of rehab centers, including one stint in the Betty Ford Rehabilitation Center right before the two filed for separation, a month before their first anniversary. Friends and relatives were actually surprised to hear about these stays in rehab. Centers saying that they're like, well, yeah, she drank, but she wasn't an alcoholic. But she hit it well. Yeah, she hit it well because like they were like, well, she did occasionally get super drunk, but... Who doesn't though? You know, like if you, yeah. it can happen. It can happen to anybody. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends who, when I found out that they that they really struggled with it, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that because yeah, we would all drink socially together. It didn't seem, and there are people who can like really, once you build a tolerance to it too, like a lot of times you can, you can hide how drunk you really are or... Maybe it just takes a lot more, but it's like, I had no idea anything was out of the ordinary, you know? Right. So I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that says she didn't have problems, you know? Right. She went to rehab three times for 30 day stints, according to Shatner, once right after their wedding. And he said in an interview that he realized that their marriage was in trouble the night of their wedding because he already knew that she was an alcoholic. And he said, I thought, and she thought too, that there was maybe some void, you know, that she was trying to fill with alcohol. And then once we got together and the love that we felt for each other would fill that void and she wouldn't need to drink anymore. And so he said, we got through our wedding and she didn't drink at all through the ceremony, through the reception, anything. And she's like, see, I didn't drink. Like, and he's like, that's great. Like, that's how it's going to be. You don't have to drink anymore. And then he said, when he woke up the next morning, she was hammered. The, so in some, the morning? Mm-hmm, so somewhere in the middle of the night, she had drank excessively. Oh, God. And he was like, you know, my marriage is hours old and I know that we're in trouble. That's, you know, this is something more than than maybe either of us thought it was. That's sad. It is sad. He also said that she almost drank herself to death twice and that Leonard Nimoy actually tried to help her and he was like taking her to AA because he had struggled with alcoholism before and he wanted to help her kind of get back on her feet, get sober and just stick in that routine. She also had multiple drunk driving arrests and once attempted to take pills that would make her sick if she drank. I didn't know that was a thing, but... Oh, to like stop yourself from drinking? Yeah, I guess. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I once when I, before I ever had kids and I thought I needed to lose weight, which is like now that's a joke, you know? Um, you always like, you know, I just wish I was as fat as I was when I thought I was fat before all this or whatever. Right. It was the stuff called, I don't know if you remember it, Ally. I'd seen a commercial for it and it was expensive. It was like 30 or 40 bucks. You know, I'm like 20 years old. I'm like, I'll save up for it. Mm-hmm. But I read it and it basically was kind of like that. But it was like, if you took those pills, it would help you lose weight. But if you ate anything super fatty, so if you try and go to McDonald's on that, you're going to shit yourself for eight days in a row. Like it was very clear on the bottle that like, you cannot eat fatty foods with this. You will explode. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to pass on that. I feel like I'll just figure it out myself. Yeah. I'll just go to Taco Bell like every other day instead of every day. And get liposuction. There you go. Why not? But one of them was called naltrexone. And I don't know if that's what she took, but there's there's one that goes by that name. And yeah, it just makes you sick so that it's trying to deter you. Yes. Shatner said that Noreen would hide bottles of alcohol around the house and would put vodka in her water bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a lot. 
there's something there. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. He also said that Noreen begged him to have a baby, but he wanted her to be sober for at least six months before he'd be willing to agree to that. And Warren Cowan, Shatner's agent, confirmed this and reported that Shatner told Noreen she wasn't responsible enough to have a baby. I don't know. I don't know if that's how he said it. I mean, you can... It sounds really harsh, but... I mean, we covered the Centoya Brown case. Fetal alcohol syndrome is a major deal. Like, you certainly can't risk that, you know? Mm -hmm. You've got to be ready to walk away from that for good before you're going to carry a child. Like, Well, and you got to think, too, that if they thought that the marriage was going to fill the void, whatever kind of void that she maybe had and was using alcohol to kind of like mask or, you know, uh, cover up or escape from or whatever, you got to think like, well, maybe is this the is this the next thing that she's going to try and a baby's not going to fix that. Like she needed to dig deeper and figure out what that was really about. Yeah, if anything, a baby is going to bring on more stress. And if she's using it as a coping mechanism for stress or overwhelm or whatever it is, it's, depression, anything, like having a kid can enhance a lot of those things because yeah. you're not sleeping well and, you know, all those things. So, yeah, you definitely want to be in a just a healthier place. Sure. Then later on October 21st, 1998, Shatner filed for divorce and asked the judge not to award alimony to Noreen. This is a thing with him. I don't know. He just divorced his fourth wife and he's like 80 years old. Like recently? Like just finished the divorce. They were married for like 20 years. Wow. He's very old. And he, I guess it was a big, just from a couple articles I read, he, in the divorce, got to keep most of his money, most of his whatever, wealth. It was a big deal to him. I don't know. Maybe they had prenups or something like that. But it just seems like in, I guess, especially after that second wife, I don't know. He doesn't want to give his money away. Mm -hmm. Noreen didn't respond to the divorce papers and Shatner just didn't push it any further. So it was just kind of like out there. Like in limbo. Yeah, he didn't drop it. He didn't, I don't know, what do you do? Take it back. Rescind it or whatever. But it just, yeah, sort of hung out there. Noreen's agent, Pam Lore, reported that the couple started to reconcile. They were participating in their favorite hobbies together, like horseback riding, water skiing, and parasailing. Those are just hobbies. Like, <laughs> that's stuff that it, it's a luxury on like a vacation to me. Mm-hmm. And that's if you save up enough money for it. Like, okay, right. I'll add the, yeah. That excursion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like for them, that's just what they do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this week we're going to do all these activities. Yeah. It's a different life, man. We wanted to take a moment and first of all, thank you for listening to and supporting the show. You are truly making our true crime plus podcast plus reliving the 90s dreams come true. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and we couldn't do what we do without your support. And thanks to the support that we've already gotten, I, Torella, have been able to quit my other part-time job and focus on the podcast as a part-time job, which has allowed us to produce some additional episodes. We currently do most of our own research. We do have a good bit of help now uh, from Sloan and Brittany, and we are eternally grateful for that. But we do our own recording, production, editing. We manage our social, emails, Patreon benefits, everything. We've gone back to the weekly posting schedule for a while. We had to go to every other week and we want to keep it that way. In order to ensure that we can continue to post weekly and allow Tori to focus on the show more, we are hoping for her to focus on it full time here soon. We need the support of you, our amazing listeners. So our goal is to get enough contributions that we can minimize the number of ads per show. Um, Right now, we really need that ad revenue, like just to be completely transparent. Um, But we'd like to reduce that. We want to keep our content weekly. We want to produce like so much more cool content, especially within the Patreon, but via social as well. 
We want to get to a place where we can add video and live streams. And we want to create and keep alive a tight-knit community for you, our BFFs. So right now, the show is three times a week. And I know we talk about the Patreon a lot, but in case you have missed it or don't realize it, we do our regular show, which drops every Saturday on like Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Then we have our murder mixtape, which drops every Wednesday. So it's technically a mini-sode, but it's usually... 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes more. It really just depends on how long we gab about it. And and it's a totally separate case. And then on Fridays, we do our episode-by-episode docu-series coverage. So right now we're doing the Jinx. We've done Who Killed Little Gregory. We did Family Man, Family Murder on Chris Watts. We've done Murder to Mercy, the Centoya Brown story. We did The Confession Killer. We've done all kinds of stuff on there. And we'll, we do one episode per week there. And we also just started a new show called Oh Snapped. So again, you may have heard us talk about it. You may not. But that actually gets... If you listen to both shows and you join the Patreon, you could get four episodes a week. You could really get four shows a week just by pledging as little as like the cost of a couple cups of your favorite latte. So if you're listening to the show and you love it, we understand that not everyone can or will give. We totally get it. But for those that are able to and enjoy, you know, the weekly shows that we put out for free, I mean, we're forever grateful for any support that you can give us to keep this dream alive. And we just want to thank you again for your support, helping us to grow our passion of discussing true crime and getting to hang out with you guys every single week. So if you're thinking about joining, head to patreon.com slash killerqueenspod. If you want to listen to Oh Snapped, search for and subscribe to it so you never miss an episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thank you so much. Noreen also enjoyed swimming laps in the pool behind their house. So she was a really strong swimmer. She had been swimming and water skiing most of her life at the family lake house in New Hampshire. She was no stranger to the water. To water, yeah. In the days before Noreen was found in the pool, Shatner had told her he was leaving her. He said in an interview that Noreen's therapist was actually the one who told him to seek out the divorce. And I don't know if that's because... It definitely seemed like in their marriage, or at least just what's been put out there, the big problem was her alcoholism. She went to rehab. It didn't stick. He was having a hard time with that. So that's understandable. I mean, it's yeah. a big strain to put on a marriage. Yeah, it is. So I don't know if the therapist was just like, she's not there. I don't know. Well, and they say that when, if you were not in a relationship and you've just gotten out of rehab, that you should wait. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. That you should wait. You, can, you shouldn't even get like a pet. You should not start a relationship. Like, right. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. It's a lot. Shatner said the night before she died, they went to dinner and Noreen secretly ordered a vodka cranberry. She told him it was just a cranberry juice. I don't know if it was like, he went to the bathroom and she was like, hey, bring me this drink. And she told him it was just cranberry. Well, and then did he come back and he was like, what are you on your fucking period or something? <laughs> From the departed, remember? Yeah. Oh, I remember. He also said that on the way home, she wanted to stop for some groceries. Meaning alcohol? Yeah, because the only thing she ended up buying was booze and she hid it under her shirt. Then he said when they got back home, she chugged the entire bottle of liquor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just really sad. It's, I mean, it's just glaringly obvious the stage of the problem that she was in. You know what I mean? Like the, where she was in that. Yeah, for sure. So the next day after they'd ordered, you know, they'd gone to dinner, she orders this vodka cranberry secretly. She's chugging all this alcohol. The next day is now her last day, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. She was supposed to go to court regarding a drunk driving charge from 1997. She didn't make it to that appointment for some reason. Her lawyer, Peter Connect, said that he'd called her the night before the court date, and he said that he couldn't understand a word she said, and she didn't appear to be in good health. So that would corroborate the Shat story of, We went to dinner, she ordered an alcoholic drink, got a bottle of booze on the way home and chugged it. 
So she's like- Because her lawyer's calling and he's like, I don't know what she's saying. Incoherent, slurring her words probably. Yeah. Whole, yeah. Yeah. The Shatners also had plans that day to go visit his daughter, Leslie, from his first marriage. But he ended up telling her that he didn't want her to go because she was so intoxicated. So Shatner said the last thing that she said when he was leaving was tell Leslie I love her and tell her I found God. Mm. Later that day, he called the house and told Noreen that he would take her horseback riding if she stayed sober. But when he called the house again around lunchtime, the housekeeper told him that she was passed out drunk in bed. When she died, Shatner made a statement saying, my beautiful wife is dead. She meant everything to me. Her tears and her joy will remain with me the rest of my life. And he, I mean, he genuinely looked, you know, he's like breaking up about it. And even in the interviews that I watched with him that were further away from that, you know, I don't know how long, maybe a couple of years, maybe months, whatever. His eyes immediately well up with tears when he starts talking about it. I mean, That's he's sad. an actor, but... Well, but I think though, even if you have a kind of fractured or strained marriage, you can still have a lot of love for somebody. Like, yeah, you can care about them. Totally. In his autobiography up till now, Shatner says that after he found his wife's body, a detective told him that if there was any sign of foul play, he'd be the first suspect. Shatner then wrote that he said, what are you talking about? This is the woman I loved more than my life. I wouldn't hurt her. And he told police that Noreen had been showing signs of depression recently. Her autopsy would later reveal that Noreen had a blood alcohol level of 0.27, which is more than three times the legal limit for driving. Oh my gosh. She also had Valium in her system. She was apparently known to drink Gatorade and vodka cocktails before swimming, which is obviously incredibly dangerous, unfortunately. Um, Her body also had bruising on her face and two cracked vertebra. So the theory was that she was drunk and on Valium and she dove into the pool and hit her head. And then she drowned. And like in water, especially if you're drunk or disoriented in any way, it's it can be very difficult to tell which way is up and which way is down. Absolutely. And it doesn't, it seems like it wouldn't, but yeah, it definitely can Especially if you're in the part of a pool, if you have a pool big enough to have a deep end, can't Mm -hmm. touch, Mm -hmm. you're just kind of suspended. Yeah. Yeah, and you factor... That she had already been so drunk that day that she'd passed out. And the bruising and everything. Like, obviously, maybe she fell and was hurt or injured. Yeah. And that's not going to help with swimming. Yeah. And he did actually pull her body out of the pool because, you know, there are people who will do something trying to make it look like an accident, but then they don't really try CPR because they're like, well, I know there's no point to that. Right. I already knew they were dead. Yeah. I didn't even go over and check on them. Yeah. So he pulled her out. He tried CPR. He tried to open her mouth. Like he did, he he did tried. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So apparently after this, he said that he got a call from a tabloid, which is horrible because his wife has just died. He's grieving. And then he gets a call from a tabloid that says, look, we're going to run with a story today that makes it look like you're involved somehow. And that raises a lot of questions. Fucking vultures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I have, I'm sorry, I have little to no respect for anybody that works in that capacity and has no regard for anybody's like private moments or grieving process or whatever. Like that's just shitty. I know you got a job to do, but like that's terrible. It is. It's, yeah, it's hateful. Like, oh, hey, we're going to make it look like you killed your wife instead of her. You we know, think it'll drowning. be to sell magazines. Tra- exactly. Yeah. Just so we can sell magazines. And so they're like, we're going to run with that story unless you give us an exclusive interview. And he's like, okay. And he's like, you know, I'm grief stricken and all these things. He's like, I honestly think I'd probably make the same decision today. But, you know, in that moment, I'm just like, swimming. But he was like, I'll do your interview, but you're going to have to give me a lot of money for it. And then he took that money. And then he also got money from like other people and started a foundation in her name. And he has a halfway house 
in her honor as well for people who are trying to get sober. So he kind of spun it in a a positive way. But to do that to somebody is awful. It's just terrible. Like, hey, we know that there's really not much going on there, but we're... I mean, that's extortion because they do benefit financially. Mm-hmm. They're doing it to sell mm-hmm. something and yeah, make money. Yeah, because either they're going to run a story that says, looks like he was involved with it, so that's going to sell, or... We have the we first have, interview. Yeah, we have the exclusive interview about it. So that's definitely going to sell. Mm-hmm. But the autopsy, I mean, it it supported that it was an accidental drowning. You've got... You've got all the things. And I think I think Noreen's family didn't like him. And I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a great husband. I don't mean to make light of anything, but just because... Let's just say, and I, this, I'm just running with that. Let's say that he wasn't a great husband. That doesn't make him a killer. Right. I mean, I think the fact that his fourth marriage just ended probably says that he's not a great husband. Yeah. Or he's got some commitment, attachment, something issues. There's something there because, yeah, he's he's had a very difficult time. Like, I don't know. I don't know how many times everybody else was married, but there. If, if you look at somebody who's been married four times and none of them have worked, then maybe you're the common denominator. You need to do some work on yourself. Yeah. But they also did have a lot of, of strain in the marriage that, I mean, addiction is very difficult to deal with. Well, and they went into it with that as well. Yeah, yeah. And thinking, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people who think like, okay, we're having trouble in our marriage, but if we have a baby, it'll make it better. If we move, it'll make it better. You know, like there's all these things that people think if we buy a house, it'll make it better, you know? Mm -hmm. Unfortunate, so. Yeah. But he was able to produce a receipt. So, because remember he left that day to go spend time with his daughter. Mm -hmm. Well, he went to dinner with his daughter that night and he had the receipt from it. So he definitely wasn't at home to have done anything. That's why you keep receipts. I don't keep any of my receipts. I don't either. I saw a thing on Instagram that was like, when you're checking out at Home Depot or whatever and the cashier is like, okay, do you want a receipt? And you're like, "Uh, okay, if I get a receipt, then, and if something bad happens... All right, it's time stamped. Like they know that I'm here. Or if I get the receipt and something bad happens, then it could look like I'm faking this alibi, that I'm setting it up, you know, to get this receipt. And so it's like my response to the cashier is, I need a lawyer. <laughs> it's <laughs> so true funny. though. Cause yeah. like, yeah, let's say that you happen to go to Home Depot or Lowe's, because Lowe's knows, and you get gardening shears, a shovel. Mm -hmm. and duct tape because you're working in the yard and those are things that you just need around the house. And then something happens and they're like, well, Terrell got gardening shears, a shovel and duct tape. It seems like she was trying to tie someone up, torture them and then murder, you know, bury them in her backyard. Yeah, that's the only conclusion you could really draw. Well, what else are you going to use that stuff for? Exactly. Yeah, especially all together. Exactly. Yeah, but like Scott Peterson it looked suspicious that he had the receipt from the boat dock. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why would you keep that? I'm trying to keep it on purpose, which I think he did it, but yeah. you know. But still, yeah. But it's like, it's like one of those like damned if you do, damned if you don't things. It's like, yeah, I went to the boat dock. No, I don't have a receipt. It's like, well, but did you really go? Yeah, were you there? Yeah. And then you could keep the receipt and they're like, why? But why yeah. did you? You have an answer for everything. Were you thinking about this? <sighs> did you plan this? Yeah. yeah. So he had the receipt from dinner and uh, the case was officially closed and ruled as an accidental drowning. I think here there's a lot less than like the Natalie Wood case. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot there. And Natalie did not get in the water ever, ever, ever. Well, see, that's the thing. That's immediately what I thought of because Noreen was a very strong swimmer, but Natalie was not. Right, yeah. She never would have gotten in the water. Never. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I mean, it seems pretty straightforward, you know, that it's just a really, really awful accident. Yes. I think that all of the events leading up to that, to me, 
it looks like it was definitely yeah. just a terrible, tragic accident. Yeah. And even if they did have, you know, issues and things like that and her family didn't like him, it just, there was just enough there that makes absolute sense, especially since, I mean, you know, the toxicology showed what was in her blood system. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, I have a friend who, it seemed really suspicious when it happened because she had gone on like a houseboat with a bunch of friends. There was a bunch of people on this houseboat and they're all partying just all weekend. And she went to bed at one point with her boyfriend. Yeah, he came to bed a little bit later. And then she gets out of bed and they can't find her when everybody wakes up hours later. And it's like, how did she get off of the houseboat and nobody anybody saw it. Or felt it even, you felt know? It, yeah, like, and nobody heard anything or anything like that. She ended up drowning. She broke her nose as well. Yeah, she broke her nose. They found her just right, right there where the boat was, but at the bottom of the lake. And it did seem really suspicious at first because I was like, how are that many people on the boat? Nobody hears anything. Nobody, you know, like, how could that happen? Because at first they thought maybe she went overboard on the boat or something. And it's like, well, how would that, how would that happen? Like, she's not going to just fall over, overboard. Right. But there was actually like, because they were at the dock, surveillance video that the police were able to pull. And she was just unfortunately still so drunk from the night before that, she was walking. I don't know if she was sleepwalking or what, but she walked off the edge of the dock right into the water. And that video shows her splashing and splashing and trying to get up. And then she stops and that's it. And they said she probably got very disoriented and didn't know which way was up. She may have even swum further down thinking she was swimming up. And that was it. So sad. So sad. It, it happens. It though. does happen. Yeah. And it see it seems like how could that happen? There's that many people there. But it happens. But it does happen. So it's just a super sad story. I think that the overwhelming obvious thing that we can all take from this is like don't drink an exorbitant amount and get near a big body of water. Like that's just so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Yeah, it is. And there's so many, you know, there's so many people that like, you know, oh, we're gonna go on the lake. And I mean, I used to do this when I was younger. We'd drink on the boat. Totally. You know, and now thinking like how dangerous that is and thinking like how many other families are on the water. Like, yeah, we're a bunch of 21-year-old kids and we're drinking, having fun, whatever. And we feel invincible. Nothing's gonna happen to us. But I never gave a second thought to, you know, like, and it's not like we would get super drunk on the boat or anything, but, you know, you're just drinking, you're having a good time, whatever. Sure. Like, you just don't think about how... Well, and when you're young like that, like what we were talking about, and even the friend, like, you think, that won't happen to me. You hear about it, but you that's not gonna happen to me. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's just too scary. It is. It's really scary. And pools are like one of the leading causes of death in the US. Uh, Yeah. I happen to remember a little movie that I like to call... Beethoven second. Thank you very much. Somebody drowned in a pool in that? Wait, was it Beethoven second or Beethoven the first one? The youngest daughter. She's playing at the babysitter's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't die. No. Okay, I was like, oh She my falls God. in and almost damn near dies and Beethoven has to jump in and get her. Thank God for Beethoven. Yes. I think it was the first one. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the first one. Yeah, because that was something I was worried. Like we got a little in-ground pool here just for, you know, the summer. And... I didn't get a ladder for that purpose. Like the the kids cannot climb over it. And I keep I keep the cover on like if they're home and we're not in it. And I've watched them try to climb in by themselves. But... And it doesn't seem like it's that deep for us because of course it's not. But for them... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can both stand up in it. But if they don't have their floats on, like little kids, toddlers especially, like Ben, who's four, if he gets under the water, he knows to stand himself up now. But little kids, when their faces like go in, you know, sometimes the floats make them kind of lean forward. Their reaction for whatever reason is not to pick their head up. They it's they just stand there with their head in the water until you lift them up. Yeah. That well, does not take long. Okay. But s- side note, different kind of story, but still worth mentioning. I know a man, um, cut his hair for years. He went to Florida and he was going to swim out to the sandbar. Mm-hmm. And there are two sandbars pretty far out. 
I don't know what that kind of um, motivation is like. I've never been like, oh, I'm going to swim out there. Like, like, no, I'm not even going to get in the water. But so he swam out to the first sandbar. He's done it a million times. Well, then this one time he's like, I'm going to, today's going to be the day I'm going to swim out to that second sandbar. And you could see it from the water. So we thought it was pretty uh, shallow there. Right, yeah. But it was not. Right. And he could touch, I think, tippy toes. But since he'd been swimming that long, could touch, but not really. He got exhausted and damn near drowned. Yep. Yes, exactly. Because your body is so gets swimming is hard on your body. Well, yeah, and even if you can touch, yeah, and you're just standing there trying to like eat, tread water, like keep your head up or whatever, and yeah. do it for long enough, especially if you're a little kid, like, mm-hmm. nope, yeah, yeah. And if Noreen had been drinking that much and she'd already passed out at one point, she she's probably about to pass out again, like exhausted, yeah. You know? And especially if she hit her head, mm-hmm. it's just. It's so sad. It is. It is such an There's just so many things that, yeah, can go wrong mm-hmm. when you combine that. And like, how many pool parties have you been to where it's just like, you know, shot, shot, shots? Oh, yeah. And Every rap video in the world is that way. Yeah. Those ladies are lucky to be alive. I'm, yeah. That's yeah. out there. It's scary. It's, it's, it's just scary. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the case. Thank you for recommending or suggesting this case. We love any opportunity to talk about the chat. Of course. I think mostly to say the word, but still. Also, side, side note. I texted the Satori yesterday because once I started like watching some interviews with the chat, I saw Uh, some like videos of him from his Star Trek days. Hubba hubba. He was kind of hot. And I've only remembered him as... Basically what he looks like now. Like Miss Congeniality days. Yeah, like I've never considered what he looked like when he was young. <laughs> but like in the 60s, he was like kind of buff and he was a good looking dude. Sure. It's like, wow, well, there you go. Get it, chat. Why not? Well. So that's it. Yeah. All right, now we're done. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at killerqueenspodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.